ABP Alive Academic Bridge Programs Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Academic Bridge Programs Weekly Podcast, the ABP Alive Weekly Podcast. This is episode number 19. I am your host, Kevin Phipps, the ABP Librarian. And we got another great episode for you today. We'll speak with one of our faculty members. Ms. Jacqueline will be on to uh, share some college counseling advice for you. And we also have uh, some new students that are taking part in our podcast. They'll be interviewing one another. And we have a great trivia question for you coming up. So make sure you listen for that trivia question and your chance to win a uh, coffee from um, Starbucks. Uh, Your choice of what you want. Uh, if you answer the trivia question correctly. So make sure you listen for that. And if you know the answer, you can email me, Mr. Kevin, in the library or come tell me and uh, you could win that prize of a free coffee from Starbucks. A couple announcements here coming up this week. This is the final week of the marking period three. We'll end on Thursday, the 24th of February. So make sure that you are Uh, working diligently and hard this week to get all of your assignments completed for marking period three and uh, all your papers and tests and quizzes made up if in case you missed any. Uh, There is the ABP Bowling Club will be meeting on Wednesday after school at 4 p.m. at the HPKU Student Center. We'll go bowling 4 p.m. on Wednesday 23rd of February. So if you're interested Let Mr. Kevin know if you're not part of the bowling club, you can easily join the bowling club. Uh, There's still time to join the bowling club. Let me know if you're interested in that. Okay. Uh, So again, this is the last week for marking period three, which means the following week we will be on spring break. Uh, Starting the 27th of February, we'll be on spring break that week. So there'll be no classes for spring break. Okay. All right. Here is episode number 19 of the ABP Alive weekly podcast. This is ABP Alive. Hello, welcome back to the ABP podcast. This is Hayash Shahwani. <clears throat> I think you know me from before. And this is my friend. Hi, I'm Ruba. And we have a special guest who is Zamil Kawari. Hi, Zamil, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So, Zaman, uh, what level are you taking in this semester? I'm taking uh, some A-levels and uh, extra AS. Okay. So, how do you find the ABP? I really enjoyed it. Uh, personally, I made a lot of friends. And uh, I really like the environment and the atmosphere here. So, what are you planning to do after the ABP? I'm planning uh, on going to Georgetown to study international affairs, hopefully. Wow, this is a great thing to do after the ABP. So, how about friends? Do you like find a new friends here? I made uh, a lot of friends here. Tell us what you'd like to do if you're not in the ABP. Uh, I really like to go out with my friends, uh, going on uh, motorbike rides with them and horse riding, as well as playing some paddle with friends. Oh my god, that's so dangerous, you have to be careful. I am, always. Since when have you been doing horse riding? Uh, since I was seven years old. 
first my father uh, took me to the equestrian uh, stadium mm-hmm. and we really bonded over this thing since I was young. Oh, that's very nice. Okay, Zaman, can you describe yourself in three words? Like, tell us three words. Can Who is you? really Zaman? Yeah. Personally, I am really energetic. Mm-hmm. Not in the morning. Mm-hmm. So you're a night person? Yes. You're a night owl? From the afternoon onwards, I am energetic. But right now, I am waking up. Oh, yeah. That's great. And the second uh, word would be joyful. Mm-hmm. And the third word would be supportive. I support my friends, even if they do a lot of mistakes. Nice. I try to be supportive, always. That's a very good quality. Wow. Your friends must be so lucky to have you. Zamal, do you have any embarrassing moment like here or anywhere else? Personally, I don't recall a moment here, but I remember from uh, my past school. I had my car turned on from the morning until like after school. And then the car uh, fuels like uh, completely got uh, wasted. Yes. So when I tried to start my car again, it didn't want to move. So I stayed uh, there until 4 o'clock until my friends came and took me. I can't imagine myself in this situation. Sounds very tragic. It's actually funny because I couldn't do anything. I just had to wait. Oh my God, you you told me that you're supportive and so do your friends. That's a good thing, you know? This is a good friend, you have to keep it. Yes, late support is a good quality, I think. Yeah, perfect. It is. So, anything would like to say? Shout out to someone? Yes, shout out to my best friend, Ahmed Al-Muhannadi. He's always there for me. He's my number one supportive friend. Oh. And hopefully you're gonna see him on next week's episode. Okay, Ahmed, let's see you soon. Okay, thank you, Zamal. We're gonna see you next week, too. Bye! Bye! It's trivia time! Uh, so, we have a question and we have a reward for it. So, what is the reward? If you get the question right, we're gonna reward you a, a drink of your choice from Starbucks. So, the question is, it flies without wings and cries without eyes. What is it? Let us know. Email us and the first person who gets it right, will buy them a drink. See you. Bye. You are listening to ABP Alive. Okay, we have another wonderful guest with us today, one of our amazing faculty. Please tell us your name and what it is that you do here at the ABP. Good morning, Kevin. My name is Avril O'Donoghue and I work in the science department where I'm currently the uh, head of the science department. Ah, yes. And how long have you been the head of the science department? Since 2009. I joined ABP in 2006 and I think it was 2009 when I became the the head of the science department. So you, you came here as a science teacher. That's right. And then you did such a wonderful job that they said, could you please lead our science department? I love that. I just love that, Kevin. <laughs> the the uh, head of the science department at the time 
uh, was uh, leaving and prior to that science and math department were one so we had one head of math and science and then they were split and then the head of the science department then left with her husband and then I took over the position but thank you for the compliment. (laughs) Well congratulations on your uh, promotion you've been doing a wonderful job I know so you've been here since 2006. That's correct. And uh, what is the career path that you took in order to get here through the ABP? If I were to work from college onwards as it were I started a PhD and I finished that and in the uh, last two years of, of that I was teaching part-time in the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin what's known as a research demonstrator and then I did some field work as a, a research biologist for the RSPB in England so I was doing part-time survey work in Ireland for them and then part-time teaching in the College of Surgeons and then I spotted an ad for a lectureship in a dental and medical college in Unais al-Rasim in Saudi that seemed a fabulous opportunity at the time. So I thought, well, let's go for a bit of adventure. So I applied for that and to my shock horror, I got it. So (laughs) I uh, went there for a year and that was a very interesting experience. And then I went from there back to Ireland to do uh, further field work, uh, research work, and uh, part-time teaching in the College of Surgeons in Dublin. And then I went to Abu Dhabi for three years teaching. And then I went from Abu Dhabi to Doha, supposedly for six months. I took a six-month contract in January 2000 because I didn't want to commit to uh, anything more long-term than that. And then voila, here I am. I've never gone home. Okay. So you like... You settled down here in uh, Doha. What is your PhD, if I may ask? Uh, I uh, did my PhD in uh, biology and ecology of feral uh, wild wild deer. It involved um, a lot of histology and um, sampling and uh, uh, population dynamics analysis. Wow, okay. And how long did it take you to finish that? I know those are long processes. The fieldwork was three years. I started it in December rather than the usual um, September because prior to that, at the end of my degree, I went to the US on a student visa for six months. Well, it was meant to be five months, I think. Yeah, six months. And um, I worked in a veterinary hospital in Manhattan. So I came back uh, late in the year. So I didn't start my PhD until December, I think maybe even the beginning of January. So it took me three years of lab work, uh, lab and field work, and then a year to write it up. So four years in in total. Yeah, just, yeah, four years. Four years, yeah. Those are, I know, a long process for for a lot of those. So uh, congratulations on that. Uh, what is it that you like to do when you're not here at ABP? I know you have lots of interests and hobbies outside of work. I have. Some of them have changed over the, the years. Um, I have, One of my main ones, certainly at home in Ireland where I have all my own horses, is horse riding. And uh, for many, many years here in Doha, I had my own Arab horses that I stabled in Masraid. And I used to go there seven days a week after work to ride and train and compete in the um, national and international endurance races uh, that were held oh, in, in okay. Israel. And then my last horse, my stallion, uh, died sadly a couple of years ago. So I continued riding uh, my trainer's horses, but not with the same sort of passion as when I was training and, and competing on my own. Right. Uh, but I still do a lot of horse riding at home in Ireland. Um, 
I have several dogs and I ran a shelter for uh, rescued cats and dogs as a volunteer manager for about a year and a half. Oh, and okay. then uh, that was uh, overwhelming a little at times. So <laughs> I no longer do that, but I still continue to uh, rescue and uh, support some uh, stray dog colonies at some work camps um, with the support of uh, some uh, students from ABP prior to this because we ran a, a support club for it and they were very great. Uh, mm -hmm. organizing big sales etc for that um, and I spent a lot of time I missed the trivia nights we had for yes the, uh, yeah <laughs> we had a, an amazing range of, of quiz nights the support was was wonderful and, and greatly appreciated by myself and obviously the hounds that we were able to send to better lives um, I spent a lot of time walking my own dogs on the beach and then I organized beach breakfast with friends on the beach um, I love photography I try and get out uh, and about and, and do as much photography as I can in fact two weeks ago I was up at the Alzabara Fort first time ever would you believe in all my years wow. and uh, that was a wonderful wonderful day out um, I love travel um, where I can have an opportunity to I uh, travel as much as I can so I Burma was one of my fascinating trips uh, just prior to the beginning of COVID. Um, I've been to Mongolia horse riding for a month. Um, that, wow. was, that was amazing. I, I actually did a, a slideshow in my villa downtown about it as a fundraiser for Cause Animal Shelter uh, several years ago after I came back from that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they're probably the, the, the things I'm most passionate about and that I spend my, my time doing in, on my spare time. Yeah, you have uh, lots of interests and I see some of your photos and things so uh very well traveled very good uh, do you have any words of wisdom for our students gosh i'm, I'm not sure i'm any, in, in any position to offer anybody <laughs> words of, of wisdom but i think one of the things I've, I've, I've learned for myself and maybe it comes with 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 age is don't be afraid to make mistakes you use them uh, as learning opportunities and uh, I, I love James Joyce he's one of our, our famous authors and he has a, a great line from one of his works uh, a man's errors are his portals of discovery and it really is so limiting if one is afraid to make mistakes and I am and have been in the past and I've learned that it's, it's how we really uh, learn about what not to do, what to do, and learn about ourselves. So I think one thing I would say is take the risk. Don't be afraid to make a mistake in, in, in many aspects of life. And uh, you can learn maybe not so much about what you want, but certainly about what you don't want and what doesn't give you fulfillment. And I suppose another word of encouragement I would give to students would be, you know, go, go with your, your heart. If and where you you can there, there's many many uh, paths available that certainly probably weren't open to teenagers uh, when i was uh, growing up purely because of uh, the opportunities like you know everybody wanted to do veterinary or medicine whereas now there's a, a dozen different types of degrees within those areas so go go with your heart and go with something that you feel you would like to do and and fulfills you rather than what you think you should be uh, doing or what someone else wants you to do right <laughs> yes and and uh, i had a friend who did medicine in college and after 10 long, long years of meds and and uh, a postgrad he turned around and said you know this isn't for me 
and uh, pursued zoology, wow. um, okay. which probably earned him a fraction of the money in the you know later in life, but brought him far more fulfillment. So medicine yes, is yes. a tremendous uh, career and degree for many many people. Um, and I'm just using medicine as an example, but really mm-hmm. go, go with your instincts and try if you can to study what gives you uh, personal satisfaction and achievement. Yes, very good. I agree with all of that 100%. Uh, Not always you... easy to do in, in, in any situation. I say the same thing to my nieces and nephews in Ireland, but certainly uh, never be afraid to, to make changes in your life. Yes, and don't be afraid to make mistakes and fail. That's how we learn and grow. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned James Joyce. Do you have any other favorite authors or books? Uh, oh, or anything you're currently I've, reading I've got now? I've a list of them. I'm rereading. Ian McEwan would be one of my uh, okay. favorites. I'm uh, rereading Saturday. Um, I tend to read books and then come back to them, sometimes even years later. Um, Herman Hess. I went through all of Herman Hess <laughs> in my late teens. Um, and again, I'm uh, revisiting some of his. I think when I finish reading Saturday by Ian McEwan, I'll probably move on to something by uh, Jim Crace. Quarantine is probably one of my uh, all-time favorite books as well by him. Um, so they're probably the ones that spring immediately to mind and that resonate. I love poetry, so I tend to read yes. a lot of anthologies. Carl Ann Duffy, um, The World's uh, Wives. Um, a lot of Patrick Kavanagh, an Irish poet, a little depressive. <laughs> uh, but wonderful, wonderful uh, stuff. Yeats, of course, um, oh, yeah. Keats. Um, I've revisited a lot of those recently in uh, anthologies. Billy Collins, one of your American poets, he has a great anthology, 180 Days, where he wants students, the book was written for students in mind, uh, to read poetry and then halas, that's it. Don't dissect it to bits, don't try and you know, extrapolate every meaning of every sentence, just read and let it resonate with your heart. And I think that's why I love poetry so much because it just, the same poem can mean so many different things uh-huh. uh, to different people. Yes, you have uh, such a well-rounded uh, life, I think. So you have many interests. It's and, interesting. Um, so I appreciate Sometimes you. more interesting than <laughs> I wish it were, but <laughs> that's life's rich tapestry, you, I guess. You're living your best life, huh? I, I try. I yeah. try. For, <laughs> right. me, for myself and for others as well. Yeah. Oh, that's very good. Well, we want to thank you for coming in and uh, sharing your story with us today. Thank you very much, Kevin. It's been uh, lovely to be here, and I'm delighted to have had the opportunity. Thank you so much. All right. Have a blessed day. Take care, Kevin. Thank you again. Who could that be? Hello from Mr. Maja and welcome to another edition of Who Could That Be? In the last episode, I asked you to identify a member of faculty or staff who has won a singing competition at a famous TV show. So let's hear who could that be? Hello everyone. This is Mr. JC. I teach some of you in your math classes and some of you in your computer classes. As some of you know, I am um, a musician and a singer too, but these are just my hobbies. I 
do not do it professionally i just do it out of my music for my love for music uh so back in 2004 when i was working in oman i had an opportunity to participate in one of the very famous uh, indian uh music shows uh, you might have heard of uh, ztv saregabappa so that was the show and on that year uh, they decided to do that show in the middle east and feature all the middle eastern singers so i was the part of the show and uh, this show was like in five stages so the first preliminary stage where i went for the auditions and i cleared that one and i was not expecting but stage by stage step by step i made it to the finals and um, i was one of the three finalists there and uh, finally i stood first in that show and i was titled as muscat idol 2004 as a prize i got a huge trophy and that trophy was uh, designed by one very famous indian artist uh, this was made by pure uh, silver and it weighs about 16 pounds i still have it in my house and whenever i look at that i feel proud of myself this trophy is uh, is a sculpture of a man who is holding a mic because this show was all about music so yeah very proud moments for me that is certainly something to be proud of so thank you mr jc for sharing this story about your celebrity days and i have another impressive story to share with you this week's mystery person This week's member of faculty or staff is a keen hiker. They have hiked pretty much the half of Scotland in two stages. First, they hiked the West Highland Way, which is 154 kilometers long, and then the second time they hiked the Great Glen Way, which is another 125 kilometers. which makes it just under 280 kilometers. Another impressive hike this member of faculty or staff has done is the Salcantay trek in Peru. In terms of the length, this hike is not as long or as impressive as the other two in Scotland. It is 60 kilometers long. However, bear in mind that this is hiking in the Andes. This is hiking at a high altitude. pretty much being all the time at the altitude of 2000 meters or above with the highest point being the Salcantay pass which is at 4630 meters above sea level now who could that be this is abp alive the weekly podcast of the academic bridge program in doha qatar Okay, we have our counselor Ms. Jacqueline with us again today. Thank you for joining us, Ms. Jacqueline, and uh how are you doing? I'm great. Great. Glad to be here. And uh we have more information on our college uh counseling. So, what do we have to share with us today? So, today I just wanted to talk a little bit about the factors that go into the selection process by colleges and universities and how and who they decide to admit for admissions. One of the first things there's really a couple of different 
perspectives of the story. So the first perspective is, is you, the student's perspective. You're planning, you're completing your application, you've worked hard in school, you've taken any admissions tests, you've written your personal statement essay, you've demonstrated interest by attending activities or doing things related to your major, and you've put it all together in a nice package, applying to the universities that you really want to go to for the future and then where you want to get your education. And you've done everything and, and that's what's in your control. What's not in your control is the decisions that the admissions offices make. And they have different things that they have to consider when they are selecting students to make their first year or transfer class for admission to their university. They have different guidelines. They've been given different instructions by their leadership. And most of the universities here in Education City are bringing in a class, a freshman or first year class of around 100 students. There are some differences at Virginia Commonwealth. I believe they're bringing in closer to 85 students. And well, Cornell, they're only bringing in 40 students. So there are different factors to consider it every year. The review is a different process because there are different applications. There are different numbers of applications, uh, the count of applications that are coming in. University offices have to consider things like what major do the students want? If, for example, you're at Northwestern, they're looking to see how many people are interested in communications, how many are coming in for journalism. Although really in the first year, everybody is bundled together, but still, they have to have enough spaces in their classes to teach everyone. Cornell, 40. So everybody's going through the same general curriculum, but at Cornell, they're getting over 500 applications for 40 spots. So it makes it very difficult. They're also trying to weigh other factors. They're weighing factors besides which program you want. They're looking at how many women are applying, how many men, how many Qataris, how many residents are applying, how many international students, people outside of Qatar. They're looking at what you've done, what classes you've taken. Have you taken classes that are appropriate for your major? For example, if you're interested in Texas A&M University, have you taken physics? Are you taking chemistry? What math level are you in? Those are important factors to consider for them when they are trying to choose who they can admit and also what grades you've gotten. So they're weighing lots of different factors, things none of which you can control. You can't control who applies. You can't control how many people apply. You can't control you know, what their academic background is or what their experiential background is. So you have to do your best as you submit your application to be considered for admission. Now soon, usually around the beginning of April, we're going to be hearing from colleges and universities about their decisions. And they're going to let people know who they can admit and who they can't admit. And some of you will get great news and some of you will be disappointed. And that goes back to trying not to take it personally because they do not have enough spaces for everybody who wants to come. So last year, for example, Carnegie Mellon had over 1,600 applications for admission for about 115 spots. Now they have an early decision phase and they've already admitted this year about 27 students of that 115. So they don't have as much room for the remaining applications to consider to fill the remaining spots. 
and they also have to divide that among the different programs that they have. So the chances of getting in are, are extremely competitive. It's a highly selective university. So students need to be prepared that if they don't get in, what are their next options? And in the future, we'll be talking about plan Bs, plan Cs, and, and, and how to prepare yourself for admissions decisions that are coming. So there are many, uh, many factors, lots of people applying for a few slots. Uh, you said 1,600 applicants applied for 115 positions. And uh, that's what, 10 times the number of people that get accepted. So they have to put forth their best, best foot forward. And what you can control right now that won't necessarily, but could potentially impact the admissions decision is to keep doing well in your courses because we're going to be sending out grades for the first term in March, the second semester first term. Those will go out in March and those can have an impact on your admission. If you can continue to demonstrate your interest at the universities by attending workshops or interacting with the admissions officers, then those things are a good idea. If you're involved in activities, continue to do that and don't give up because if you don't get in for admission, you're going to have to present yourself somewhere else and you don't want to look like you jumped ship or got upset that you didn't get in. You need to move forward because you're going to have to look at your other options. Keep all your options open, put your best foot forward. Exactly. Anything else uh, you want to share with us today? Waiting is the hardest part. <laughs> and so keep yourself active, keep yourself engaged, do your schoolwork, come and talk to us if you need some help, or if you're concerned about anything, and keep using your resources at ABP and outside. Yes, students, uh, Ms. Jacqueline is uh, available if you want to speak to her and uh, see her in her office, email her, call her, and she'd be happy to help you uh, in your process. All right, thanks, Ms. Jacqueline. We appreciate you coming in and sharing all your wealth of knowledge with us each week. Great, thanks so much. This is ABP Alive. Okay, another great episode of the ABP Alive weekly podcast here at the Academic Bridge Program in Doha, Qatar. I'm Kevin Phipps, your host. I'm the ABP librarian here. Thank you to all of our guests for participating this week and our new group of students that are going to be active on this podcast. Thank you for your participation and activity in this podcast that we're doing here at the Academic Bridge Program. Uh, remember, if you have the answer for the uh, trivia question from our students, Ms. Haya and Ms. Ruba, then please, you can email me, Mr. Kevin, uh, in the library or just come see me and uh, give me the answer or what you think might be the answer and you could win yourself a free coffee from Starbucks, okay? Uh, students, as a librarian, I always want to encourage you to read. As our teachers say, reading is the best, one of the best ways to improve your English. So we encourage you to read, read, read. I ask you to read 10 pages of a good book every day and set that as your goal. If you don't get that today, then try to set that same goal tomorrow and uh, 10 pages. You don't have to read 20 pages tomorrow or anything like that. Just try to read your 10 pages again. Now we have many great books here in the library for you to choose from. 
We have some nice biographies that we had just gotten in. We have a whole series of coding books. So if you are interested in coding for Python or anything like that, we have uh, gotten many books on Python and computer coding. So if that's something that you're interested in, come into the library and check out those new books. Of course, we always have new magazines for you to look through and browse through. They have some short articles in there. We have uh, some biographies. We have the story of the 13 Thai boys uh, that were trapped in the cave. I think maybe that was uh, last year or something. Uh, we have a big book on that. And uh, again, we have some a few biographies on different women and their achievements that they have made in uh, history. Okay, so come into the library, check that out. Set your goal of reading 10 pages of a good book every day and uh, just keep pressing forward. We always want you to put forth great effort in, in everything that you do, especially here at the Academic Bridge Program. All right, that will conclude this episode number 19 of the ABP Live Weekly Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Kevin, the ABP Librarian, and we'll see you in the library. This was ABP Alive. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>